with the Sam Hour with a cool and special guest, one of my old high school teachers, history slash government slash, uh, I don't know, many other things. Anyway, Stephen Chai, welcome to the podcast. Super excited, Sam. Thanks for the invitation. I think that when I started this podcast and I wanted to, I started having <laughs> teachers on, I started having, uh, I went to BCHS folks, which is Bakersfield Christian High School. So when I started this show, I started having a lot of people who were in that community, um, on, on my show. So I started with fellow classmates, friends who went, I went to high school with, teachers, and people were always like, when are you going to have Chai on? And I said to myself, when am I going to have Chai on? I know. Yeah. I was really <laughs> offended, actually. I was like, I remember that when you, when you launched, you were like, can I have you on my show? I was like, yeah, I'm super yeah. excited. And I was like, I'm going to be the first teacher, right? He's like, oh, no, I, I already had my coach on. I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> no, and then I remember uh, last year, uh, well, a year and a half ago when I was a senior, you'd be like, when, when am I going to be on the show? When am I, I going to be on? And I'd be like, ah. You know, know I'm, all about, <laughs> I'm all about that click life, man. No, I just, you are. <laughs> I, I, that's fine. I was like, I'll have him on once I finish his AP tests, which were last year. And then, you know, I got carried away. I moved away. I moved away to the beach, so I wasn't in the Bakersfield community. But now I'm back here for summer. I missed it more than I thought. But I try. How, how are we doing? How we doing? We're good, man. I mean, this has been a mild summer so far. That's that's always a plus. Yeah, not for me. In Bakersfield. <laughs> not for me. Oh, oh right. I've right. been hectic. I got you. I, got I, you. I like it that way because I think, I, I don't want to speak for yourself, but I mean, I have ADHD. So yeah. I got to go. I like constantly going. Yeah. You know, I, okay. I do. I really like it. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm in the same way. I, uh, I, I like going, I like going, being busy and all of that, but yeah. it's been a crazy summer. It's been a it's been a summer of a lot of changes yep. at the school, uh, exciting changes, and so I mean that's taken up a lot of my time. But like I said, I, it's been a mild summer in terms of weather. That's yes, what I, yes, I guess it has. This, I guess that's what I should have said because <laughs> anytime uh, you don't man. have multiple weeks of triple digits, I feel like we're winning. No, it, you know what? It has been mild. I think it was like in the seventies and eighties last weekend. I know. I was like, What's happening here? That's what I'm Someone's talking brewing. about. It's going to be hot soon. I, I always joke around with my family. I'm like, man, if this weather was year-round, my house would be worth like $3 million. Oh, yeah. And Bakersfield <laughs> would be a hot commodity. And they come. Let's go, let's go to Bakersfield. Exactly. Let's, let's try Bakersfield out. Exactly. But uh, we were having a good discussion earlier about politics and government like we always do. Because, I mean, when you talk to Chai, that's inherent in his conversations. That's what he does. He's a teacher. Um, yeah, you follow the game of politics, right? Yeah, I guess. I yeah. mean, I... I, I, I'm a, I'm a student of it. Yeah. As we all should be, be. being a teacher of it. Yeah. You know, I always, you know, I, I tried to instill this in all of my students that, yeah. um, really the history of education in this country mm -hmm. from, from the days of the founding, right? The history of education in this country is about how do we, um, raise up proper citizens? Yeah. That has been the question. Like the, the, in fact, the whole purpose of education, formal formalized education. I mean, it, I mean, if we're gonna go really back, I have really strong feelings about this, right? Because as yeah. a as a Christian educator, you know, the original, the origins of formalized education is seminary, learning how to read the Bible, learning how to understand God is knowable, and so like coming to understand God. That's what education is about. Mm -hmm. That we could teach that to people. But then w once this country was founded, really the, the, the vision of education has always been how do we create a citizenry if we're going to give people the right to vote, mm -hmm. right? Which is a profound idea, right? Yeah, no, I, I mean, forget, forget democracy of ancient Rome or whatever. We're talking about the first modern 
democracy where we're going to give people the power to vote. Mm -hmm. And if we're going to give them that power, then we need to educate them. And mm -hmm. so formalized education has been about citizenry. It, it's a bit, it's been about how do we create a for, uh, how do we create a citizenry that's informed, mm -hmm. that's prepared to make good choices, that isn't going to be easily swayed, mm -hmm. and is going to make responsible votes based on what's good for the republic. And when you think about that, right? This is what I've always tried to instill in my students: is this government and civics is the most important class that you'll ever take. Mm -hmm. Because it's an understanding of... History and culture in this country. Uh, it's more than that, it's yeah. about, you are the recipient, right? When we talk about in the Constitution that the preamble says that this is for ourselves and our posterity, mm -hmm. right? The blessings of liberty is not just for you and me, and it's not just for our forefathers, it's for every generation of American that comes behind us. Mm -hmm. And it is our job to steward it, guard it, and protect it. Mm -hmm. And the way we do that, is that we actively involve ourselves in, in in politics. And so, yeah, we have to be students of it. Mm -hmm. It's our responsibility. Mm -hmm. I see what you're saying now. Do you think that people lose that stewardship and, and, and lose be, being a student of it when they, I don't know, become too invested in a certain ideological you know mindset or even a certain party? No, I don't think so. And here's why, because at the end of the day, at, at least they're engaging. Mm -hmm. That's true. I think when we lose it, is when people stop, stop getting involved. Mm -hmm. And that's what we want to prevent. So education is about teaching people how to get involved, that they have a power to be involved and then encouraging them to get involved. Mm -hmm. And the minute we lose that, we've lost our democracy. I, I think people who are, you know, who lean one way partisan, partisanship or ideologically, I think that's powerful mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, if we're true to ourselves, Right. And I'm not talking about sociopaths. Okay. I want to be like super clear. Right. <laughs> like, I'm not talking about like crazies. I'm talking about like normal people yeah. at the end of the day when they're passionate about something and we just stop to say, Hey, why do you feel so strongly about that? Mm -hmm. There's 99% of the time, there's going to be a real story mm -hmm. that has led them to be so passionate. And I think that that's the, the fabric of who we are. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's an amazing thing when we take the time to be like, hey, it seems like you're really passionate about this idea or this philosophy, like, why are you so passionate about that? Mm -hmm. And getting to know people, I think that that's where the power is. So understanding your why, but do you think people lose their understanding the why? Like, let's say, okay, let's, let's put it like this. Let's say people are born into a family that leans more one way politically. Do you think uh, people just get lost in, that, in, in the motions because they've, they've grown up this way with these with these ideologies and then they don't understand their why and they're not they're not challenged philosophically and ideologically i think you i think you hit it like we have to be challenged we do and the only way we get challenged is that we get engaged we and can't i think live that's in where education exactly in. right i see what you're saying because I'll, I'll speak for myself here when i mean when i was in high school i was, I was pretty I, I leaned one way for sure i mean that's for sure but as i got uh 18 and 19 um I was in college and I, my ideas started being tested. I started saying, huh, I'm being educated with different vantage points, with a different argument. And my views expanded. And I started really analyzing different things. I'm like, huh, why do I believe this? And is this the right thing to believe? Or what's most beneficial, not for me, but for you know other people in this country? So I think when it comes to voting and when it comes to understanding different things about politics and, po and political ideologies, what America has done is 
through voting, you can see that it's bigger than yourself. It's bigger than, oh, what do I believe? But what's what's better for, you know, other people in this country? Yeah. I mean, that's the nonstop step. I mean, yeah, we're talking about specifically politics and government and civics, yeah. but yeah. really this is about education mm -hmm. and learning. And do we choose to stop learning? Okay. Right? Do you think education has improved or, or <laughs> uh, you know, or, you oh. know, lacked? I mean, and we have to, we have to, we have to, we have to talk about the pandemic and what kind of role that played. Sure. For me, it made me more curious because I had more time on my hands. Nice. So I became smarter through that. But that's not everyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because some people use their recreational time differently. Yeah. Yeah. Has education gotten better? Yeah. It's a deep question. It's a deep question because it's it's beyond just uh, the history of the pandemic. Yeah. What we're talking about right now is we're living, um, you know, the, the we're living the consequences of every decision that came before us. Yes. Modern education, for those of you guys that, you know, for if you care, I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking about uh, education really came of age only in the last hundred years mm -hmm. where we have this idea of formalized school really coming out of the industrial revolution yes where we're like okay we need to teach people how to read so that they can read manuals and do a good job at work mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the other thing that uh, you know you know this is where we get to why do we have bells yeah we have bells in schools uh -huh. because that was supposed to train students and young people how to move according to a bell system so that when they got to the workplace you just ring a bell and they know it's yeah. like, okay, oh, I, I, yeah, do. Yeah. I can go to lunch. Uh -huh. Oh, a bell rang. I need to go back to work. It's yeah. like, you don't, it, it is, it's almost a mental conditioning yeah. where we stop asking some of the deep questions and really uh, education became about just creating functional workforce. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the last hundred years, we're talking about how, if you think about what was the origins of education? And the origins of education was always about philosophy, wisdom, theology, the deep things of meaning and weight. And, you know, for thousands of years, people were thinking about art and philosophy and wisdom and what it means to live with virtue. And then in the last hundred years, we're like, hey... Uh, are you in your seat on time when the bell rings? <laughs> no, that's, that's fair. That's and, fair. But, you know, so when you say, hey, you know, has education gotten better? I'm like, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, and I'm not advocating for, you know, there's a big movement right now around classical education, yeah. right? But even classical education is just a, an iteration of modern education. It's like... A, Why is it called classical then? Is it because... Obviously, because it's older. Yeah, but it's more like focusing on the things that traditional modern education focuses on. In other words, it doesn't make it classical that we learn Latin. In fact, Latin has been on, in curriculums for hundreds of years. Yeah. It, or it's just that formalized piece. It's like, hey, let's get back to some of the stuff we used to study mm -hmm. instead of some of the things we focus on now, right? So mm -hmm. the movement of education was 100 years ago, hey, let's make a really good workforce, then 50 years ago, you know, it became about how do we create a more homogenized society, you know, especially with um, Civil Rights Act and um, reintegrating schools, mm -hmm. right? How do we create a more civil society, you know, when we went from segregation to not? Yeah. Then, you know, you have more of this um, in the 60s where there's this counterculture movement. And so it's like, 
hey, we need to bring values and morals back, patriotism. And then in the last 20 years, what you've experienced, what you're a product yeah. of, is this um, data-driven model where we need to test, 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 standardized test the crap out of kids. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> I me mean, started. <laughs> hey, look, you know, even that has its value and its place. But now but that's becoming obsolete now, slowly. You can see it in front of your eyes. What, it's not, and what, you know, if we're good students of history, which means we have a view of history that's longer than 20 years, mm -hmm. then we know that this is just a, a readjustment of what was before. Mm -hmm. And all of this to say, you know, getting back to your original question, which is, has education gotten, quote, better? We don't know. <clears throat> I, I heard a conversation that you had uh, a few months ago with Kevin McCarthy. A year ago. <laughs> Was that a year ago? Last August. Holy crap. August 2021, okay. two weeks okay. before I moved, yeah. Okay, well, all right. Um, I'm going to say that that, that conversation... Uh, if you haven't listened to that, you know, go look in the menu of this podcast, I guess. Yeah. He talks about innovation. Yes, And how, how um, really uh, the pandemic and a lot of what's gone on in modern society has accelerated the rate of innovation. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what we're, what we're facing right now with education is that there are so many things in education that have evolved in the last... 15 years, and then especially in the last 15 months. Yeah. I mean, the way that um, students have been able to have the freedom, like you said, to like, yeah. really like, oh, well, if I boil down a school day into what I really needed, it's maybe an hour, not six and a half. Uh-huh, I agree with you. And at that point, how do I use the rest of that time to pursue passion? Mm -hmm. You know, here at BCHS, what we're trying to do is rethink what that looks like. Yeah. How do we inspire passion? Mm -hmm. And then let kids really use their time effectively to explore that. That's interesting because I feel like, uh, I mean, this has been a model that Americans, modern American schools and, and high schools especially, it's like, you know, you, you get to school early in the morning. No one really wants to be there. I mean, come on, Chai, it's 8, yeah. 8 15. Yeah. Do you think I want to be in a classroom yeah. sitting? I mean, maybe I like four or five people in the classroom. You don't like everyone in the classroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, let's say you start out with math in the morning or English. Now you're like, oh, this sucks. So I think because of that model that's been followed and is still being followed, mm -hmm. still being followed, school has become something like, ah, I don't, I don't like school. I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. I'm going to do my own thing. But I really think that since you were talking about education, how it was meant to prepare and allow people to learn and grow, to be ready for, I don't know, the economical system. I think what it needs to do um, is it needs to condense the the like learning time like you're talking about six and a half hours i mean i always thought like this is ridiculous why am i here for six and a half six and a half hours i could be here for three four get my class out of the way yeah have some time to you know maybe work because yeah. you know it's some some kids need to work to support yeah. themselves and their families and just set up financial success uh, or stability when they move off to college right and some time for passion and stuff and that's back to what i what i really am and trying to talk about is because school has followed this you know six and a half hours you have to follow the bell-to-bell -bell schedule, follow this type of schedule, do this paper, do that paper. It kills creativity because people cannot express their passion. So yeah, I think what you're, you're hitting on is right, which is if our education system then, which again, if we have a bell-to-bell -bell system, mm -hmm. right, where it's a you know, six-period day, bells are ringing, and you have a 30-minute you know, lunch, if that prepares you for the workforce, the question is, what workforce is like that? So, yeah. 
really. And, you know, what we're preparing kids for then is that, mm -hmm. which is what? Clock in at eight, clock out, sit at a computer type or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Like, and then, and, and then they clock out and go home. If you think about, if you're like, oh, well, then school needs to be reimagined, then work also needs to be reimagined. Amen. And I think Amen. what's, I, I think you're hitting on it is that the, the pandemic has also accelerated that. I was just going to say that. Because, um, I mean, I, no one liked being in quarantine for, <laughs> it was okay. I, I won't lie. It was nice the first two weeks to, you know, because I, I was busy. I was going, going, going. I was swim, homework, swim, homework. I was busy. And so I finally got some downtime for two weeks and it was nice. Um. So it was nice to have that downtime and that leeway to kind of like, all right, I'm going to try new things. And that's actually how I started the podcast. But what I liked about the whole COVID and being quarantined was it allowed me to work on my own schedule, still learn, still get good grades, still succeed in the contemporary American high school system while still pursuing a new passion, which was podcasting, which I am still doing. Right. So I think that if you can design... Uh, in high schools, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I see it happening in colleges more because my and I just finished my first year of college. You can pick. There's most 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 classes offer two choices, which is you go you, the traditional. You you show up and you're you're in a classroom with a bunch of people, mm -hmm. or you can do an asynchronous version, which is you don't ever have to meet. You work on your own pace. You do the work yourself, yeah. or it's usually online, which is about the same thing. But online, you would you know obviously meet on Zoom. Yeah. So no, I I. I mean, think about how work, the nature of work has changed. I mean, here we are two years since, two plus years since people all went home from yeah. the office. And there are companies that still, like, they still haven't gone back because they realize that workers like this. Yeah. They, they like the freedom of being able to um, work their own schedule and it's cost effective, right, for companies that are yeah. like, hey, we don't need to rent a big office mm -hmm. building anymore. <clears throat> But what I, I, I think you're right that the, when work has to adjust to also meet the demands of that changing, na uh, the ch changing nature of work. Or rather, education starts adjusting, and then with that work, the workforce itself is completely redesigned and reimagined. Yeah. Because you're starting to see a lot of businesses pop up, people starting, you know, different, getting mm -hmm. more involved with media. Mm -hmm. you, you saw... I mean, in 2020 alone, there was a huge spike in podcasts mm -hmm. and same thing with 2021. And then you started seeing a lot of online businesses too and people starting YouTube channels, people selling online products. Because think about it, it's about people like convenience. Mm -hmm. Why would I want to drive to like the grocery store or the vitamin store to, to pick out vitamins and that's going to take in all 30, 40 minutes there and back then and picking out the stuff you need, juxtaposed to I can stay in the comfort of my house, kick yeah. up my feet on my ottoman open up my MacBook, order what I need to order, and it's dropped off at my house. Okay, so... And I'm the, chilling, you know, know what I mean? And I, I think there's a value to that. There is. This is where I'm going to push back here. Okay, yeah, let's hear it. Going back to what I said coming out of the Civil War, um, and I, this is crazy to think, but Abraham Lincoln had a vision for reconstruction of the United States coming out of, you know, everyone talks about right now, 2020... You know, in the last four years, America is more divided or more partisan than ever before. And I'm like, wow, you're a terrible student of history. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, or a terrible student in general. <laughs> yeah, literally. I, I, oh, whenever man. people go, oh my God, this is the worst time in the history of America yeah. in terms of partisanship. I'm like, um, you know, I beg to differ. There was a time... <laughs> 
when we literally were killing each other, declared war on ourselves in the Civil War. And the thing that that, uh, Abraham Lincoln visioned coming Mm -hmm. out of the war, he was like, the only way that we are going to heal the nation, well, well, not the only way, but one of the the prongs of his reconstruction plan was public education. Mm. And I know that we're we're a school of choice here, and we're a private. And we can go into that if yeah. you want to about talking about whether or not I believe in. But at the end of the day, education was was a a part of Abraham Lincoln's plan to heal the nation, mm-hmm. which was the idea that racism could end, systemic injustice can end, generational poverty can end, mm-hmm. American America will get stronger mm-hmm. when. Children of all natures, of all backgrounds, were forced to sit in the same room as each other. Mm. And there is a power. As a teacher, I got to tell you, like, we, we talk about this all the time educationally. Like, what's more powerful? Me giving assignments to students to, for them to learn the material or for them to stand in front of me and have to hear the material from me? Mm. And that's the challenge of every teacher. Yeah. You know, my, my, I'm not competing... Um, I'm not competing as a teacher against other teachers. I'm competing against the internet. I'm competing against um, other things that want to occupy children's time. TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm competing against all of these different things that are, that are saying, I can do this teaching thing better than you. Yeah. And so as a teacher, what am I bringing to the classroom that makes kids want to be there that makes them better, mm-hmm. right? And it, at the end of the day, that's what it is for me. I'm like... If, if a kid can watch a YouTube video of me teaching and get the same experience as standing in front of me, I failed as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I fundamentally believe that. Like, cut that out. Hey, you know, tweet that. Like, yeah. that is a failure of mine. If a teacher believes that what they, a video of them is the same thing or a Zoom call of them is the same thing as seeing them in person. It's not. It, it can't be. You and don't it, have that. It, con- should, yeah, that's- it should never be. Because at the end of the day, what I care about is not only that you understand the quadratic, uh, quadratic formula or that you know, um, you know how photosynthesis works. What I care about is that you have not only learned how to learn, learned how to think, but that you did that collaboratively with other people in the mm-hmm. room who are going to think together to make America a better place. That's interesting. And that ultimately is what education should be. But it's not. It's not, unfortunately. <laughs> Dang, Sam. Like, <laughs> no, I agree with you. But the thing is, you get this whole competition thing where I feel like teachers try to do each other or they're trying to, you know, mm. allow, they're trying to educate people so they can test high on their tests and their scores so they can get a little, you know, paid bum. They can get the teacher of the year award. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not every teacher sees that through your eyes. I think that's because the education system has errors in it yeah and it's had errors in it for for years yeah i i mean i i i hear what you're saying and ultimately it is up to individual teachers and individual school systems to to revamp and reimagine that Mm -hmm. and especially what a what a perfect opportunity if we talk about how the pandemic has created challenges let's talk about the opportunity let's do it yeah like like, let's talk about the opportunity that's presented when literally there is a hard restart of the, of the nation's educational system that we are afforded the opportunity to reimagine what it looks like coming back. Yeah. We don't have to do things the same way. I, I follow a lot of 
um, you know, educators on Twitter and in social media. And they're like, you know what? I don't want to go back to normal. Yeah. And I, 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 I'm down with that. I'm actually like, I respect that because at the end of the day, it's true. Like we shouldn't go back to the things that were broken just because that was the way things have always been. This is the perfect time to innovate. This is the perfect time to revolutionize mm -hmm. and rethink and reimagine the ways that we've always done education. That's a good way to look at it because I think that people look at it like, oh, this is just a short little thing. I'm not going to be on Zoom too long. I'm not going to be watching my teacher give some cringy YouTube mm -hmm. video or some daily video. I think now, instead of it being a viewed as a, as a gimmick or a way that was like, oh, this is temporary. This is short term. This is, you know, to, to help me get through this being quarantined. It's not easy. I think now it can, it, it should be looked at differently where teachers all across, teachers and educators all across the country uh, can view it as a way to really redesign education and really educate people a different way. Yeah. Because when you, it, it's also about the enthusiasm yeah. teachers bring too. But also you have to think about it like this, not every subject brings out the same enthusiasm. Because yeah. I think about you, you, you had history, you had government and, and civics, whatever, right? But I think of some math teachers and, and, and some science teachers that I had. And you got, I mean, I, I give you respect. You brought out a lot of enthusiasm. You had a vibrant atmosphere in the classroom. But these teachers, per se, who had math, and this isn't just in high school. This is college, too. Math and, and science, it, you, you lacked. You, you felt that lack mm -hmm. of enthusiasm. And because the teacher wasn't enthusiastic about it and wasn't energized about it, wasn't energizing the environment that they were supposed to control and educate in, I felt a lack. I felt a disconnect. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Through I mean, a student's eyes. Yeah. I, I think it's, I, I think some of that, and I'm going to be super gracious to teachers because I work yeah. with teachers. I'm a teacher. I love teachers. Yes. Teachers are heroes to me. Yeah. Um, I think part of that is the pandemic mm -hmm. and just the fatigue that came with the pandemic. I mean, think about this, right? What we're talking about is that the state of California, okay, we live in California, right? Yes, so the sir. state of California essentially suspended um, testing requirements or all like accountability requirements for two years. Oh, I didn't know that. What a perfect opportunity for school systems to have used the, that window to reimagine. Just like, hey, we, we're not going to be held to anything we're doing right now. So let's just try something new. But Sam, part of, part of what we've experienced is this fatigue as a nation. It's this collective grief as a mm -hmm. nation where we're just tired, man. And that fatigue has led to, okay, um, then the reprieve in the suspension of these requirements mm -hmm. doesn't become like excitement over trying new things as much as it's like, oh, good. At least there's, that's one more thing that I don't have to think yes. about. Yep. And so um, what I'm hoping uh, as a school, as a, as a state, and as a nation is that this affords us a chance to reimagine the ways, like keep the good, rethink the things that weren't working, especially for children of color, especially for students of low income backgrounds. Like let's really rethink it, but at the same time- So I, true to old value, the, the, the original things that values. Worked. The things that worked. Okay. And, and, and that's, that ultimately comes back down to relationships with students. I mean, I, I, I think about it all the time, like, I bet you this is true for college. This is true for anybody that's listening that the, the class that you tried the best in or the tried the most in, it, it had nothing to do with the subject. I mean, maybe you love the subject, but at the end of the day, if that, if the teacher and you had a great, great relationship, if that professor and you had a great relationship, you worked. 
because yep. there is a, yeah. you know, and I see that, now. that, that even transcends school. That's about work. That's about, um, relate just relationships and collaborations general. in general. Who yeah. are you, who are you going to be about? You're going to be about the people that are about you. Yeah. And, um, it's about community and that challenge yeah. then again, to continue to build that community. Oh, I see. Coming out of the pandemic. Oh. What an opportunity, you know, you want to talk about the challenges and the opportunities, what an opportunity for us to just reset and rethink like, I can't, even for us, when we came back out of online education and like, you know, the high fives, the handshakes, yeah, the, good. the ability to talk and debate and hear somebody else yelling and the energy that you feel in, in a room, you know, it's the same reason why people pay to go to concerts or people pay to go to comedy shows. It's not because you couldn't watch a video of it. It's a there's a different energy and experience. in the room. Yeah, I, I, I a had an effect overall had, too. Yeah, I had the I had the opportunity to go see the Rams, Super Bowl champion Rams play. Okay, <laughs> oh, you're LA native. Yeah, right? I'm an LA native. Are you a Rams fan? No, I'm a Rams fan. Okay, they, they came <laughs> home. Look, I'm gonna. I grew up as a Raiders fan. Uh, well, the Raiders, Raiders, right? The Raiders didn't yeah. come home, yeah. so I, I got to root for who came. They home. moved to different states. Exactly. I mean, so <laughs> you got to root for who came home. Yeah, and the Raiders, uh, the the Rams came home, and so I had a chance to go to the. I'm going to tell you right now. I, I don't know if there are... You went to the Super Bowl? No, oh, no. Okay. I was like, hold up. I'm a teacher, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I had no money for a Super I'm, Bowl ticket. I had asked. No, <laughs> but it's... I, I went to a... It was a regular season game. Yeah. It was against the Detroit Lions, so it was fun because... Yeah, because they got killed. No, Matt Stafford, who is the quarterback, and... His whole team. Yeah, Jared Goff. They, yeah. like, faced each other, and the game started off, actually, with the, the Lions, like taking it to the Rams. They did an onside kick. They yeah, did all these things. Yeah. And so it was like, it was fun. But the energy of that stadium, Sam, is unbelievable. And I'm not exactly sure if they like pump, like sound through the speakers. They could. But man, the energy of that place. School should be like that. I see what you're saying now. School should be about that. Like, yeah. Sam, you just said, I, I didn't want to get up and, you know, whatever. But if you felt the energy of a room yeah, you'd get up for that. Oh, for sure. So, how yeah. do we create that? And it's about relationships with yeah. with students and teachers. Uh -huh. That's a that's interesting. I, I you know like not being in high school anymore because I mean high school is an interesting time. I mean that goes without say. But now being out of high school and seeing that, I see how important it is. How just important relationships are in general. Because I mean we can go through the motions, we can work hard, we can do our own thing. But I think we truly advance intellectually. And, and just as a whole, like as a whole body in the community, when we get more involved with people, mm -hmm. when we understand people's perspectives and their ideas and their thinking. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go back to that relationship piece. Yeah, go ahead. It, it is the relationship. Mm -hmm. You think about this. The greatest teacher of all time is Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And, uh, you know, I can say that with confidence. Yeah. And for those of you guys that are listening to this podcast and you're like, man, this is just like this guy's just a religious nut. <laughs> Okay, let's think about this historically. Yeah. One peasant from the Middle East, Palestine, spent time three years talking to 12 dudes, and it's created a the world's longest-lasting religion that people... Uh, the strongest, most committed religion of all time. And the most prolific book right. with it. Right. Most prolific, mo most published. Right. Yeah. So, like, let, let's just look at facts. So, with that being said, I, I am Christian, and yeah. I love Jesus, and... He, the way that he taught was he taught with story and he taught with relationship, mm. 
right? Like he taught with story and he taught with relationship. And so um, that, that thing that we're talking about right now, that building of the community, like why is it that people, um, let's take for example, uh, Aristotle or Plato or Socrates, some of the greatest thinkers in the history of mankind, mm-hmm. why is it that people, that their thoughts are not like readily like available where people just know, like mm-hmm. they hear a quote and they go, Aristotle, like yeah. why is that? Whereas when you heard, turn the other cheek, you think Jesus. Yeah, and why yeah. is that? It's because you have to read a freaking book to know what Socrates and Plato and these guys, you have to study complicated that. Complicated book. It's complicated and people are not inclined to do that. Yeah. Whereas religion, you know, Christianity and that relationship is people experiencing it in relationship. So you're talking about education with relationships and how fundamental it is. When that's intertwined with Christianity, do you think that religious aspect is expanded yeah, I, and improved? I don't think people are going to study Aristotle because it's great thinking. Mm-hmm. I think somebody has to inspire people to study Aristotle. Mm-hmm. And you're just so inspired and so like enthralled by a mentor or a teacher that made you fall in love with it. Yeah. In the same way, I, I feel like in education and in life, you're, you are more ready to accept what people say when it's presented in love, in grace, in mercy, in mm. kindness. Mm. And it's that, that, that's ultimately what this is about. What I'm trying to say is that, you know, math, yeah. you're more inclined to learn that if you know that your teacher freaking is crazy, like on fire about your success and you have this relationship and maybe man it's like you you get back to did i have a relationship with this teacher and could that have been mitigated because i love the material maybe but i i gotta tell you there have been material that i loved that i met a terrible professor that had no interest in building connection that i was just like ah just hate that you know what i mean so the teacher plays a vital role in that because it's building that relationship yeah. and i i think that that's why maybe you and i connected because yeah. we had a relationship you and you know i took the time to care care about you you did ask about your family because i care about you you got man. to know me outside of like my grades and the work i was writing you because that is what being a teacher is and fundamentally christianity and you know the, the continuation of that is that those um, those ideals and those virtues and those lessons mean nothing without that relationship. And that's why I'm saying is that really what transformed the church early on was the love that they have for one another. Mm-hmm. This gets back to just fundamentally what we're talking about. How do we how do we move forward in our pen in the pandemic educationally? Um, in politics, emotionally, intellectually, it's, it's going to take that relationship. And I I think about everyone that's listening right now has probably met somebody that vehemently disagreed with their worldview, but if they were disrespectful, you had no time for that. Mm -hmm. But if they were respectful and they cared about you, you can have all of the differing viewpoints. And if you could do it in respect and you could do it with trust you could do it in a relationship. I mean, dang, people are, you're going to be better because of that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's an interesting way to put it. Cause like, <laughs> I think of different debates and, and discussions that I have with people 
and we can agree. It's it's cool, you know, you agree on something, you, you kind of build a little chemistry, yeah. a little rapport. But then, you know, when you start disagreeing on something, it's either, I mean, I've had experiences where someone disagrees with me and they're respectful about it and then we debate it like yeah. adults like mature people yeah. and there's other times people are you know they're like why would you ever think that that's stupid i just read an article recently about how um if we cared more about what we believed instead about owning the other side mm. then we'd get a lot further as a country um, i believe that man i i believe that it's like in other words my winning should not have to come at the expense of somebody losing mm. like i can win without somebody else losing right yeah and I, as a country i would hope that we can all win and we can all elevate one another because of that relationship because of that trust because of the kindness that we can show mm -hmm. and because we all trust that in that we all become better mm -hmm. that's interesting hmm Really, really dropping truth about education. <laughs> where do you, where do you see the future of education in in five years? Yeah, I, I was gonna say ten, but you know, what? let's 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 go with five first. Yeah, you in know, five what? years. In five years, I see it getting a lot worse. I like respect the honesty. <laughs> Something that people need to know in here. Uh, you know, I, I just uh, you kind of need that to happen in order for what you're talking about. Uh, uh, a, uh, just redesigning everything, yeah. revolution in education, in yeah. thinking, in chemistry, in relationships. Because when something like, I mean, you're with people all day in a classroom, at, at high school, at middle school, at a middle school, excuse me, you're with people all day. This goes back to relationships. You're with a teacher, you're with fellow students. And when I feel like an edu when education lacks, you're, you're not being, you know, entertained. You're not being amused by this education. So then you look for friendships yeah. to find that, to fill that void, to find that satisfaction. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought it up because this is, I mean, we, we kind of hit on it a few minutes ago, which was like, I, I don't think we're going to get better in the next five years. Mm -hmm. And I think things are going to get way worse. Mm. I mean, we're talking about, why is uh, that? Why do you think that? Cause well, we've, we've seen because this change in two years. The research has been that already students are 22 weeks of learning behind. Okay, let's think about this for a second. You got a 36 week year. Yeah. Okay. That and students right now are 22 weeks behind. That's that's what the research shows coming out of I forget what it's like it's Stanford or something like that. It's almost two thirds. Two thirds yeah. a year behind, and our the way we did things before didn't exactly accelerate learning, and so we're talking about either students for the next you know, 12 years being 22 weeks behind, or we're talking about, uh, and we're talking about like all of the future economic effects of that, right? Mm -hmm. Maturity, learning, thinking wise. Mm -hmm. In the next five years, I think it's gonna get way worse. So that again, some of those disparities become so unavoidable that we have to fix them. So, if we're not going to look at realities, we're not going to fix them. That's mm -hmm. that's what this comes down to, is that in the next five years, do I really imagine that there's going to be so much self-awareness in our leaders? Or is it just going to be continuing to dismiss and you know feel better about ourselves by saying, oh, that's the pandemic. That's the pandemic. That's the pandemic. How many more years can we say that's the pandemic? Right? We're not out of the pandemic yet, so they can still say it. In the next five years, maybe we're out of the pandemic at that point at that point, and there isn't another pandemic, you know, God willing, then we can start looking back and saying, well, how many years of saying that was the t pandemic 
are we going to give people a pass before we start fixing the issues? Mm. And this is used as an, as an excuse is what you're saying too much. It's going to continue to be used as an excuse because it's been for two years now. I see what you're saying. And so how do we get better? It gets better because there's going to be innovative schools starting. They're going to have to be, is what you're saying. They're going to have to face like, I got to fix this. I need to fix this. Innovative schools, schools that are, uh, that embrace a reimagination of education that is going to get results for kids that is going to force schools to compete. Uh, I don't know if you read this, the Los Angeles times had an article about how in Los Angeles, the district Los Angeles unified school district, which is the second largest school district in the United States mm -hmm. is going to suffer a 30% enrollment loss over the nine, next nine years. So is there's people are is 30, it moving out of state or they're some, dropping out of school? Some of it is that they're leaving the state and some of it is they're leaving the area mm -hmm. and some of it is they're going into private and charter education. I see. And a lot of it, it's homeschool, private and charter education Yeah. because people are like sick of it. They're like, no, I refuse to accept mediocrity. And it's going to be these private schools, these charter schools these schools of choice that are going to really stand up and challenge. And either district schools are going to have to pivot and fix or they're going to die. Mm. And that that's what this is about. It's about you have to either changing it better or you're going to get out-competed in the marketplace. Time will tell, but also time's going to force people to change and adapt. Five years from now, I expect that we're going to be in the same spot where people are going to be making excuses. But in those five years, what I'm hoping and praying is that there are innovative schools that really take on the challenge and they become uh, a model and really get after it, become a model for other schools to say, hey, look what I did over the next five, oh, over the last five years. Mm -hmm. And they become pioneers for how we steer forward. Seems like you have a pretty uh, broad and comprehensive view about education, do you ever see yourself like being on a school board or, or teaching yeah. a college or anything? Yeah, you um, know, all, all of the above. You gotta be careful. Uh, you're a teacher right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. All of the above. All of the above. Like I, I, yeah. I want to just be a part of the change. Okay. And you know, you're right. That that change, uh, system wide, whole scale change is going to come from decision makers. Yeah. And we need decision makers to be ones that are not going to be afraid to make decisions. Yeah. Um, Sam, comes from I, both sides too. I, you, you, I, I hope you remember when I taught you this and I, I hope you remember this conversation, but I challenge all of my students all the time to be leaders that are not scared to lead, mm -hmm. right? Because we can't be so scared of the crowd and we can't be all about like making, appeasing the crowd or making the crowd happy that we're not making the right decisions. Mm. The crowd, let, let's be really clear. The mob is always going to be there. The mob will always be angry. They will always have pitchforks and torches. And yet, leaders rise above. Mm -hmm. And they make hard choices. Mm -hmm. And that's what this is about. It's about stirring up and making the choices that are hard. Mm. And not everyone's built for that, that challenge. Even in, 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 Let's say they're, they get elected, they're a politician. I mean, yeah, they, they've already fit, they've done that first step. But now it's actually yeah. holding themselves accountable to those values. Yeah. It's interesting. You are. You do it. <laughs> I try. I try. Thank you. You do it, man. <laughs> I do try. It. But I mean, it's been something that uh, I've, I've had to adapt to. I mean, we're starting the podcast. Like, mm -hmm. it started as a hobby is what it started out as. 
then a hobby grew into a passion. That's cool, man. And that passion kept me going. Like there's times like, I mean, cause uh, it was easier to do when I lived, you know, here in Bakersfield. Uh, it's easy to record episodes, you know, cause it's, you're in college. You remember, you, there's always some you're social, <laughs> you're going here, you're yep. going there. I live in SoCal, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm by the beach, I'm by Disney, I'm by, and I'm an hour from LA, an hour and a half from San Diego. So there's a lot to do where I'm at. And I like it cause I'm from, you know, the middle of California where it's like, eh, this kind of sucks some days. Anyway, um, but it was easier to do episodes it, it, when I lived back here. And then I moved away to, to Southern California for college and that became harder. Yeah. But instead of being like, ah, I gotta, I gotta compete with this. I, I, I gotta keep making episodes cause I, you know, I, I gotta stay relevant. Instead, I took a step back. Mm. I took a break and I was like, it's time to really analyze why you like doing this. And if you want to keep doing it. And these are things that I've been, it, 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 I wrestle, I've been wrestling them with them a lot lately, especially, yeah. you know, 2022, it, when it started, I was like, all right, I, I had all these goals. I mean, every time January comes around of a new year, I, I, um, I make a list of goals December 31st, the day before I make a list of goals and I stay true to those goals. Mm -hmm. But I found that I was challenged and, I, and I'm happy that I was challenged in this sense because I was kind of thrown off of, of, of being comfortable. I was like, I'm not at home with my mom and dad anymore. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm with people who think differently than me, who don't, yeah. you know, view setting goals as a big thing. It's like, oh, let me just do my own thing to get by. So I'm like, all right, I, w I was challenged. I, I made mistakes, don't get me wrong, but I'm happy that I was put in that scenario in that environment where I had to wrestle with those thoughts. I had to be like, do I wanna keep doing this? And why do I wanna keep doing it? Um, and it led me to, 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 to realize that, you know, I'm here to do, to impact people. I'm trying my best in whatever way that may be. You know, I'm not a politician. You know, I'm not a, a super genius. You know, I'm not writing books. You know, I, I don't really, I don't wanna be a politician one day. But in terms of me impacting, helping people, being a leader, mm. forming relationships is through this podcast. Yeah. And that's where you really hit the nail on the head for me because it was about relationships. And I remembered, how can I keep relationships going? How can I stay in touch with people when I'm at home, when I'm not at school, when I'm, when I'm not at swim practice with my, yeah. with my friends? Podcasting. Yeah. It was a way to get my voice out there. Yeah. A way to engage with people yeah. on a larger scale because now I'm on the, it's on the internet. It's on yeah. different media devices yeah. and platforms. And through that, I, I, I mean, I, I got emotional about when I was thinking about it. I think it was a couple months ago. I, had, I was pre-recording because I want to have episodes ready for summer. And I was like, man, it, I, I was grateful is what I was. Yeah. I was grateful not because, you know, I have a phone and I can podcast and I've had really, really cool guests on. But I was grateful because I took that first step. Yeah. I got out of my comfort zone. I, I adapted to change. Like I say, uh, one, of, what, one of the things I tell people is you can't control time or mm. you can't uh, control time, but you can define it. Mm. So I'm like, how, how can I and start with the, and back to the pandemic? How can I yeah. make this worth my time instead of being, you know, watching YouTube all day yeah. and feeling sad, like and waiting for the world to change. And so it's like, we got to be that mm -hmm. change. And so, I, I mean, uh, enough of my little TED talk. I, I, I felt like I should say that because it kind of relates back to what you're talking about education and about relationships and about um, people wanting to grow and learn intellectually. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of what I have to say about that. But Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about challenging yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I really appreciate what you said in that you have to say yes to those opportunities when they come. Mm -hmm. And... That's my challenge to you even now. Yeah. Like, don't don't say no mm -hmm. to leadership opportunities, Sam. You never know. And that's anybody that's listening, that you never know when you're faithful. And I, you know, for the sake of time, I'm just going to end with this. Yeah, like, go ahead. Go ahead. We, there, there is there is something about being faithful, right? When we're faithful with what we have in front of us, 
man, God, God can do amazing things when no one else is watching with what you have. When you're faithful, man, God can do amazing things with that. Mm. It, it's the it's the parable of the talents. It's my favorite. It's my favorite parable to tell my students that you know the the master is going away and he calls his servants up. He gives one guy ten talents, one guy five, and one guy one. And the the he goes away and he doesn't check. It doesn't, you know it doesn't say in the Bible that he he like regularly phones them and goes, hey, what are you doing with that? You know? <laughs> yeah. It's just, and you never know how long he's going to be gone for. It never says, hey, I'll be gone for two weeks, so you got two weeks to do something with this. You don't know what you got. So as soon as the, 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 the master of the house takes off, the first servant and the second servant, it says immediately, immediately go to work. Mm-hmm. Investing and stewarding properly and when the master comes back, he goes, hey, what'd you do with it? And he goes, hey, I didn't know how long you were going to be gone, but this is, I took your 10 and I made 10 more. And the second guy goes, took your five and I make five more. And then the third guy says, you know, I didn't want to screw it up. So here's it back. Mm, he didn't take that, that risk. He, he didn't take the risk. Mm. And what the master says is he goes, you were lazy. You were so lazy. You could have done anything with that because there was no parameters. And really the word is, you were unfaithful. Mm. And so the challenge to all of us is we have been given time and talents. How are we going to be faithful with it? Knowing that, you know what? When we're faithful with a little, God gives us a lot. Mm. Man, we'll, uh, we'll end it at that. <laughs> all right, man. That was profound. Well, sir, thank you. Dude, man, this is so good. fun. It was good. It was pleasure. Good. I it's remember, you know, being 16 and 17, I was scared of you sometimes. <laughs> I don't know why. I was scared I would be in your classroom. You, yeah. know, you come, like, walking in. Yeah. You know, you have your, your um, whatever, what you'd at, like, I think Flame and Skewers. You have your Flame and Skewers <laughs> cup, and you'd be, like, you know, kind of like, you know, you were comfortable, though. Yeah. You were loud, and I was like, oh, I'm kind of scared, because it was my, like, one of my first AP classes. I'm like, I'm scared. I got to understand this curriculum. I want to do well. But you made it a chill environment. And through that, I mean, I passed every one of your AP tests, didn't I? <laughs> so, um, yeah. No, I, 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 with that being said, it's cool to see this transition now. You're still teaching. I'm still podcasting. But we stay learning and we stay curious. That's it. And that's what we got to do. That's it. But anyway, folks, it's been a good one. Uh, tune in. Summer, we're going to have some cool episodes. Going to have, you know, some recurring guests. Uh, maybe some politicians are going to be back on. We're going to see. Anyway, take care and uh, yeah, uh, stay a student, stay learning. All right, peace.